Cause I did it my way, nothing y'all can say In this life or the next one Watch me, I'ma be the best of I am what I am today Cause I did it my way, nothing y'all can say In this life or the next one Good to see everybody uh, so I'm going to jump right into this. Uh, we have some slides that I'm going to pop on. You probably see one now. Uh, first thing I want to say is from talking to a ton of different people and getting a lot of people's takes on what's happening from agents to lenders to title reps to escrow reps to economists, commercial investors, develop, I've been talking to everybody. Nobody knows anything. So anything I'm going to say or put out there are opinions that we're getting from the so-called experts. Of course, no one has a crystal ball. No one has any idea what's going on. And also, we're so early into this. Uh, the sales information that we have now is really from the pipeline that was already in place uh, before Corona took, took place. So the real, the real telling data will be in another 30, 60, 90, 120 days when we see the post-corona shelter-in-place sales and what they start closing at. But the first slide, I just wanted to put this up because everybody just assumes we're in a similar situation as 2008 and 2009. And obviously, it's very different. It uh, doesn't mean the results will be the same or different. No one really knows, but it's different. This is a global health crisis. The last recession was a real estate-related crisis. We led, real estate led us into the economy, led us into the crash of the economy. But if you look at this slide, interesting enough, this is what the national numbers told us. Only two of those recessions were drops uh, overall in price, ha price, housing prices. Now, to get off this and to focus just on uh, the west side of Los Angeles, I know some of you are calling from different areas and had different experiences in different areas where, where things were, were a lot worse. But in the west side, if you focus on the blue chip real estate, uh, there was only about a 20% drop from the peak to the trough. Now, of course, if you went to outskirts of LA uh, or stuff that wasn't blue chip, stuff that was on busy streets, stuff that was you know, next to a school, then you'll see it was about 25 to 30% drop in pricing back then. So that was the worst that we've seen since the Great Depression. Uh, these other three out of five recessions, actually there was price appreciation. So that was the first slide I wanted, I wanted to, uh, to show you, and now let me stop that one. So a couple points um, about that. No one really knows where, the, where we're going from here, but that's, that's the first thing I wanted to put out. Uh, right now, we are seeing people showing houses virtually, which means video. Uh, it's not the same as being in person. Um, but right now, what we're seeing is sales have been down about – Here's my stats. Sales have been down about 45% uh, from last year at this time. Uh, I did April 1 through April 22nd. So compared to 2019, the 2020 right now, we're down 45% in transactions and 41% in total volume. Again, in another month or two or three, it will look very different because this was mainly deals that were in the pipeline prior to the corona. But that just gives you an idea. Uh, in terms of every day, what's happening, we're still able to show properties virtually, and we're able to show vacant homes. So a lot of the new construction is still able to see, and people that are, if, if it's a vacant house, we're able to see it. Uh, there are cases, it's case by case, where some sellers, even though they're probably not supposed to be doing this, are stepping out, I'm hearing, are stepping out of their houses, and some buyers are going in and putting on gloves and masks and, and looking at homes still. Uh, they're not supposed to, 
for the mandate, but I, I've heard that's still happening. Um, other than that, you are allowed to look at vacant homes. And uh, so new homes are still being looked at. Vacant homes are still being looked at. Banks, people have been asking about banks and I've talked to lenders. Lenders are still lending. Banks are still open. But the caveat is they want, they want blue chip A quality borrowers. They want a 720 FICO score or above. They want 20% or more above. So the exceptions, the 10% downs, the, uh, the self-employed person, it's, a li- it's much harder to get a loan right now. So unless you're a blue chip, high income earner with great credit, if you are that, which a lot of our West Side clients are, you can get a loan. So there's no problem there. The problem would be if you're not that and you would need an exception and you don't have good income or you're self-employed, you're not showing your income. So that has changed. Um, other than that, people are, you know, the escrow is working virtually. The title companies are working virtually. Uh, you can record titles. So deals are still closing. What I've been hearing uh, from the deals that have closed, uh, although the volume is, is down and the transactions are down, deals that have closed, we've seen people negotiate discounts of up to 10%, uh, meaning some the deals that were in escrow, they retraded. And that was very common over the last 30 days. And some people had no discounts and up to 10%. It's really hard to put an average on it because it's case by case. The outlier, I heard some uh, a deal, a $25 million sale that they ended up uh, actually closing uh, around 20. So that was like, that was the largest discount I heard of at the high end. But for the most of the market, most of the sales, uh, there either is no discount up to 10%. And that was the trailing indicator of the last you know, 30 days. So again, well, we have this talk next month or in 60 days or 90 days. It's going to be much more telling because we're going to see what happened since shelter in place has happened. And that's going to look probably very different because sellers that have to sell are going to stay on the market now. And if they have to sell, they're going to have to negotiate with buyers and they may have to accept the price that's lower. And most likely that will happen. And uh, we're starting to sense that now. So it is, it is a good time for buyers. If you're aggressive, uh, you could, it's a good chance to get a deal. Doesn't mean you're going to get a deal because the seller has to be motivated. And we're still very early in this process. So that's sort of the summary of what's happening right this second and what's happened over the next 30 days. It's going to look very different the next 30, 60, 90 days. So I really wanted to drive that point home that, you know, what you're hearing today is going to be very different than what I'll be speaking about 30, 60, 90 days when we really get new data on the new sales. And then we'll start to see if it's trending down or not. It probably will be. Prices probably will be trending down. I was speaking to a, a big developer of Huntington Estates home yesterday, and he just reduced uh, his home on Bel Air Road from 19 to 16 million and said, look, I have to. He said, if this was three months ago, I wouldn't be reducing my price. He said, I have to. I have homes to sell, and I got I to gotta be realistic. And, you know, every deal is in a home run, and we got to do what we have to do. So that, that's one, one builder's take. Talk to another builder's take uh, that has a, you know, Tommy Beadle at Thomas James Homes, and their view is, yes, things have slowed down, but they feel that there's going to be such pent-up demand uh, because we've, nothing's happening right now for the next 90 days that when the summer and fall and winter markets come, it's going to be what usually is, happens in the spring market, like a pent-up explosion of transactions. So that's their take. Uh, certainly, price points will dictate different types of velocity and different volumes of transactions. 
for LA and the West side, when you're under a million dollars, you know, the market was on, the market was on fire before pre-corona. Uh, certainly the under a million dollars was on fire under 3 million was on fire uh, in certain neighborhoods and under five or 6 million was pretty much on fire on the West side of LA. The mid markets, as you get above five or six, you get the 10 to 20 to 50, hundred. That's a little slower. It's always slower. There's less, there's less buyers. So even pre Corona, that was already starting to slow down. There were a few exceptions of uh, some massive, uh, you know, generational estates that sold at record prices over a hundred million. And those were, those were once in a lifetime estates with lots of land, but the typical spec homes that are being built, that those were, those were already slowing down. We have, we assume those are going to continue to have a hard time uh, selling it. They're going to probably have to take haircuts over the next six months or so, but the rest of the market was very strong, very healthy. And people felt uh, there was a strong demand and a lot of people feel like there'll be a bounce back, a strong demand when we get back from uh, shelter in place and back to normalcy, whenever that may be, it's starting to sound like LA might, it might happen in the next 60 days or less, but who knows, you know, no one really knows, but things will start slowly opening up and uh, you know, that's what we're hearing there. So let me show you the next slide. I want to show you what, um, hold on, hold on. This is an interesting slide too. Give me a second. If I can figure this out, Lee. Give me a second, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, this next slide, just to give you a breakdown of comparing this to years past. Can you guys see that home appreciation slide? Is that up, Lee? It's up for me. It should be up for everyone. Okay. So if this is in the chat, if it's not, but it, it seems to be working. Oh, is there a chat going that I should be looking at? I'm sure. Uh, no, no, no one's on. No one's on it yet. <laughs> I'm just saying there's one available. I've already put everyone to sleep. Uh, so look, what this shows is the comparison of home appreciation back in the last recession. You can see it was 8.6, 6, 5, 8, 12, 11. Well, the last six years leading up to now, uh, the highest appreciation is 6.4%. Now, granted, this is a national snapshot. So, you know, our market, LA market is obviously a little different, but this is a national snapshot of what happened comparing the, the appreciation back then was much higher. And our highest year, 2017 is 6.4 is less than the lowest year last time. So that's, that's an interesting thing to look at. Um, let me see, stop share. I want to share one other thing here. This is what a lot of, oh, let me find the share. This next one is, this is what a lot of the big economists are projecting. This is Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo. They're projecting a V recovery, a quick recovery. Of course, this is their opinion, guys. They don't know. If they knew, they would have shorted the markets and all been billionaires, right? We'd all be billionaires if we knew everything. But they're projecting a quick recovery, a quick bounce back. Uh, and they're saying they think it's going to be it's going to be a couple quarters. And that's what they're they're projecting. Now, I hope they're right. I hope it is quick. We won't know until we get out of this and see what the new world looks like. We don't know what 
coronavirus has in store for us, if it's going to come back, if there's going to be other things. But this is what some of the biggest banks think. Uh, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Another thing that, uh, that I was researching, and I'm going to stop the share. Well, actually, I can keep this on. Another interesting thing is how much equity people have in homes. And right now, 37% of all homes in the U.S. are owned free and clear. So that is a really interesting factor, meaning they have no loans on them. And out of the loans, uh, about 50% of people that have loans have 50% or more of equity. So that's also a sign of uh, healthier a healthier economy is in terms of housing versus what it was before. And there's one more slide here that will talk a little bit about how much equity people took out in 08, 07, 08 versus how much equity people took out of their homes. Now it's dramatically different. And this is quite telling. One second here. All right. So this is the breakdown of, how much equity, how much people took out of their houses and refinance in billions. In 2007, before that crash, $240 billion was taken out. Last year, they projected about $74 billion was taken out. So a lot more equity in homes. Hopefully that means whatever recession we, we get into, people won't be dumping their homes and being foreclosed on at, a, at the same rate. At least fundamentally, it looks that way. And I think that's why the big banks, the Goldman Sachs, the JP Morgans, are saying they think it's more of a V-shaped recovery. Of course, time will tell on that. Um, so let me stop sharing that. And, you know, that's, um, that's really the big bullet points of what I wanted to share, what the big banks are saying, what we're seeing in our markets. I know a lot of you and a lot of agents on here will have, will have good views of what they're seeing. But overall, that's what we've been seeing so far. Uh, the projections have been V-shaped recovery, hopefully quickly, hopefully pent-up demand, at least pent-up demand in the entry-level and the mid-level markets should be healthy and strong. But time will tell. This is uncharted territory. No one's ever seen anything like this. So we don't know for sure. The banks don't know for sure. But that's what we're seeing now. Um, what we do know is interest rates are still ridiculously low. There's been pent-up demand prior to pre-corona in that entry level, the $1 to $6 million price range. There's so many, so many buyers. Um, we don't know what the unemployment picture is going to look like, especially for high-income earners, the west side uh, population. You know, is there going to be a big hit to people at high income? Are people going to be forced out of their homes? We don't know. Um, a lot of people I've talked to, a lot of big uh, investors, commercial investors I've spoke to over the last few weeks have said they basically feel like the government has committed to paying for the second quarter and the PPL loans and, and the uh, bailout loans that they're basically just saying, hey, we're writing a check so everyone can get out of this. Now, of course, it's not practically happening that way. We've already heard that a lot of small businesses haven't got that. They've got the trickle down and there's been some huge issues with big businesses that have strong balance sheets getting the money but a lot of people think the concept is the government is going to shoulder the second quarter and let us reopen in the third quarter and hopefully have a bounce back to normalcy as soon as we can and again there's too many unknowns to really know and really focusing on the the, the west side of where we most of us work it's really it's really impossible to know how many people are going to lose those high income jobs and how many of those people 
have uh, a thin, a thin uh, cushion of equity where they're going to be forced to sell their homes and what the, what the supply and demand equation will be. Uh, so far, there's been an out, uh, the demand has outweighed supply for, for many years. And leading up to Corona, the demand, at least except for the ultra high end, the, the demand still outweighed the supply. So that's, that's basically the scoop now. No one can predict anything, of course. And I imagine, like I said early on, another 60, uh, 90 days, we're going to get real data on what's happened post-corona, you know, deals that are happening today. And uh, again, there's going to be a lot less deals happening. It's only buyers that really are motivated to buy and only sellers that really have to sell uh, that, are, that are on the market right now. Uh, and then, of course, the vacant homes are being shown and the new construction, because they're vacant, are being home. And I'm still, I'm still hearing and showing those types of houses. Uh, that's what I'm seeing. But now I basically want to open up. I know there's a lot of great people on here uh, that have a lot of insight. Hey, Larry Young, I see you there. And um, different markets. So can you unmute everybody? Doug Sandler, how are you? Can you unmute everyone, Lee? I'd love to just open it up. And if anyone has um, a few thoughts, you know, this is the time, questions, Q&A. Obviously, I don't have all the answers. I know, Matt Ranger, you have some good insights from the title side. You want to speak a little, Matt? Yeah. What what you've been seeing, Matt yeah. Ranger, who's a title That's officer here in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'll tell you a little about the title side of it. So um, our orders have been down daily. You know, I'm sorry, did you need to talk to me about something? <laughs> okay, it might be hard to, to do that. Hold on, let me, let me mute everybody else and I'll put Matt in. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, good. So yeah, so I, couple things. Number one is uh, people ask me about open orders all the time. And our open orders obviously started slowing down a little in March, you know, mostly towards the end of March. Um, April, what I've been doing is comparing, you know, this April compared to last year, and it depends on the day. Um, some days were maybe down 40% resales as opposed to last year, and some days, you know, maybe 60%. So it's probably on average around 50% on open resales this year compared to last year. Obviously, you know, that has nothing to do with refis. Refis are still coming in. Fair amount of refis. Closings, closings just started slowing down. I mean, First of all, March was a very, very good closing month. Um, you know, the first quarter was a very good closing month. Um, but uh, closings this month just started slowing down. I'm going to guess, depending on, we still got today and four days next week, that they'll probably be down 20 to 30%, you know, depending on, and, and that's for everything. That includes, unfortunately, does include refis. But um, obviously, that's slowing down. Really, the key is you know, what's going to happen in, in May and June, you know, right. the, the, the second quarter compared to second quarter of last year. Um, that's what I think. I don't really track prices too well, but um, I know this last year, the first quarter was down substantially. I mean, I think the county recorder was down 17, 18% on, on closings. And, but since then the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, and the first quarter of this year, you know, we're all really good. Um, so I know agents are eager to get back to work. So maybe the single change. You we know, need to get back to work, Matt. 
Um, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear, if, uh, Ross Gerber, are you there? Can we, uh, I'd love to hear your take sort of uh, global financial markets and how it's going to impact real estate. I know you have a lot of opinions about this. If you have a moment, you can jump on and can you unmute Ross Gerber. I'm trying to. It's not letting me unmute him. He's the guitar player. He's in a band. Yeah, I see, and I see him. Let me see. Why, why can't I? Uh, he rock. He rocks out on his free time. <laughs> he, yeah, he might have muted himself if he can okay. unmute himself. Because um, yeah, for whatever reason, it's not letting me. All right. Well, Ross, when you get a chance, you can you can pop you can pop off. And also, Lewis Kim, another financial guy. I'd love to hear your take. Uh, on the financial markets and how it's tied to real estate and what your take is. If you have a minute on you and if anyone else, is that Lewis? Yeah. Hey, Danny, can you hear me? I can hear you, Lewis. So this is Lewis Kim. He's got a good grasp on the financial markets as well. It's what he's done his whole life. Uh, but what's your take on what's going on, what you're seeing? Yeah, Danny, um, well, I, I will echo your comments about uh, the tightening of the lending standards, uh, you're definitely seeing that across all the banks um, in terms of what they're requiring for uh, for borrowers. Uh, you know, whether it's the high FICA scores or uh, uh, more money down, um, that's not going to change anytime soon. Um, if anything, you know, uh, that'll stay for a while. Um, I, I think in terms of the uh, opinions by the, the various investment banks on a V-shaped recovery. Uh, the jury's out on that. Uh, you know, my personal opinion is it will take uh, a while longer. Um, you know, maybe something more along the lines of a U-shape recovery um, could be a reality versus, uh, you know, the more optimistic view of a V-shape. We all want the V shape, but it's, um, you know, just with the uncertainty, uh, of when we'll be able to get out and when we get out, um, how, uh, you know, the, the speed of which, uh, we will return to normalcy. Um, you know, I would bet that, uh, it, it's going to take a bit longer, um, and get the confidence of the consumers out there. So, um, you know, unfortunately it's not the, it's not the news that, uh, we're hoping for, I hope I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, I think we should all be kind of grounded, um, with those assumptions. Yeah. Thanks Lewis. I appreciate it. Um, Hey, Brian in Florida, you want to jump on? I'm curious what's happening out in the Florida market. This is Brian who is a, an agent out in Florida. Uh, what, what are you guys seeing? Is it, is it similar to what, what I'm explaining and articulating out there or has it been different? Yeah, I would say it's comparable. Uh, we've actually seen a lot of dynamic sales. I think Beckham closed, you know, like 19.7 million in Miami. I talked to a big agent in Palm Beach that closed like 60 million just last week. So we've had a big rental push with the Northeastern buyers trying to escape being stuck in the city, but also we've even seen some people leave the Hamptons and come to South Florida. And then for our market, we actually uh, are a secondary market. So we have a lot of uh, income rental um, 
I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, but we have a lot of Atlanta, Nashville, you know, the Southern states that are parking money in rental uh, investments here. And they've been, the first two weeks, they were kind of waiting and they were scared thinking the world's going to end. And then when we had a deadline of the state of Florida opening back up May 1st, we started seeing a lot of action. We've been selling quite a bit of property with, uh, you know, virtual home tours and then some sight unseen. But yeah, I'd be curious to see, uh, like our market, in the next 60 to 90 days, are those transactions going to going to disintegrate or is there going to be a little more stuff? Ross, are you back there? Are you, can you, can I've, you I've hear been us? here the whole time. I've been listening, but, but I talk so much, so it's, it's, it's nice to have other people talk. All right, then we can shut you off and mute you. You do talk a lot. <laughs> just, mute, just mute me when you're ready. <laughs> Anyone uh, else have anything to say, uh, feel free to jump in. I think uh, Dan Erbach is here, Larry Young, Kate Bransfield, a lot of... Well, uh, I, I did want to say one thing. I did want to say one thing. You have a lot to say, always. You, you mentioned what these investment banks think the economy is going to do and whatever, yet most of these analysts are actually the farthest from what real people do every day of anybody to be analyzing what's actually happening. So all their analysis is just garbage. So I, you know, it's funny because I was talking to Wells Fargo analysts who were calling me the other day, like, cause they have no idea what, you know, housing prices are going to do. And I said, well, look at the stock market. So the stock market is not, if there is no time between a piece of news and its effect on the stock market. So it's literally instantaneous. So whatever you see in the real world is immediately affected in stock prices. With real estate, you have one of the most inefficient transactional processes ever created by human beings. So what Danny's saying is true. You're not going to see real pricing for at least 90 days, at least. So what, what a market is, is not seven transactions in, a, in, a, in an area, you know? So like, this is going to take a lot of time and, you're, and the banks are your enemy. If you're a real estate agent, the bank is your enemy. I'm a buyer right now. Okay. I've been waiting for this for five years and yes, literally, I know. my agent is Danny Brown and he's phenomenally patient waiting <laughs> with me for the last five years for this moment. I've literally been renting and I can't really buy because I can't, there's people are scared to even list their houses. So, you know, in, in, I figure the next six months I, I get my moment, but it's going to take that time for prices to come out. So if it's anything like the stock market, it, it should be down, let's say 15%. And, and that's a reasonable reality, you know, considering how much LA is affected by coronavirus because of the entertainment industry. So because the entertainment industry, some of my wealthiest clients have seen their incomes drop in half um, and they can afford it. Like they're not going broke, but, but certainly they're not buying a house right now. And, and a lot of Airbnb properties. No. So, so watch out for these Airbnb properties. I think that's the boogeyman. The boogeyman is Airbnb is shut down and everyone is a a genius and they wanted to become a landlord and buy Airbnb properties and rent them all throughout LA. So the first thing that happened was all the cities got sick of it and now they're losing their asses. So Airbnb is spending, a good whatever cash they have left to try to like fix this problem. 
but there are so many properties that have been purchased solely to rent to sure. travelers. And, the, and they're the model. ones who are going to have to list their properties. Maybe it's not the t- traditional homeowner who's lived in the Palisades for the last 35 years who maybe he's not making money, but he's rich. You know, he doesn't care. And it, I'm talking and about a guy who has three other properties that he bought to rent to other people. And that's the business that's that I took as a boogeyman. I like that take. That's an interesting perspective. And you're right. Cause I've had and heard of so many people that over the last five years and last two years have jumped in for this Airbnb short term. I'm, I'm a genius. I'm making so much money. Well, that thing is shut down. Yeah. Cause I'm calling those people now to rent houses and I'm like, well, you say you want 1500 a night. I'll give you 750. Yeah. <laughs> and they're Antonio, like, we can't, you we can't even have you at our house. They can't even have you. Right. That's true. Antonio Saxon, did you want to unmute yourself? Can you unmute yourself? I don't think he can. Saxon, I love you. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Lee, I, you I have another and- Zoom, so, so, so thank you, and I'll see you later. Yeah. Thanks, you Ross Gerber. You should be able to unmute himself. Um, for whatever reason, it won't let me do it. Let's see here. Hey. Danny, it's uh, Dan Erbach. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. What do you think about the uh, clear cooperation that's coming up within a within you know a couple of weeks? And I think a lot of us have a lot of inventory on the sidelines, and I think we are going to get um, probably a little bit bombarded with inventory coming up. It'll be interesting to see if we have the pent up demand that absorbs the inventory, or whether properties are going to be, um, you know, the, our inventory is going to start growing pretty drastically in the next month or so, which will affect prices to the downside. I think we will get a glut of people saying we better list now and sell now before this thing rears its head again and gets worse in the winter. So I think you will see people rushing on the market and, you know, we've, the natural, the natural cycle, the people that were going to list in March and April and May that didn't, uh, some of those are going people are going to want to list. So certainly there should be more inventory that jumps on the market whenever this world opens up. And because of the, 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 pol- the new policy of not having pocket listings, that's going to change things. So more people will have to put their homes on the market if they want to sell. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and most of the people on here are really in residential, but uh, there's new rules now where you can't have pocket listings for the most part of I it. Mean, you can, but, you can't sell pocket listings off market the way we used to. And, you know, I don't know what, what do you say, Dan, what is the percentage of our market that's sold by pocket? 10%? I, I don't know what the number is, but it's, it's certainly in the high, in the high end. Yeah. The high end, it's certainly a good, a good chunk, but uh, I think there will be inventory. And if it's not, in, if it's not in the next 60 days, it may be that it's piled up in the winter or in the spring next year. I mean, what's your take? I think none of us know. So it's all going to be interesting. So none of us really know what we're going to see. And I think we all just have to be adaptable and ready to deal with it. Because the important thing for us, as long as property is trading, whether it's down 5%, 10%, 15% or 20%, we're going to be okay as long as we're trading properties. The problem is when we're in a situation like right now where we're basically at a standstill and a pause and nothing's being traded. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Either way, we just got to be on top of it, adaptable and, and ready to, to roll with the punches. Absolutely. Larry Young, you have anything to add? You there, Larry? Mr. Young, Lorenzo, 
Larry's probably on a couple calls right he's now. Probably he's probably got 26 escrows right <laughs> yeah, now. He's, he's unmuted if he wants to jump in. I don't know if he's still there, but if you're there, hey, Larry. Danny. Hey, Larry Young. How are you doing, bud? Hi, everybody. Hey, Larry. I, I, I think Dan said it all. You know, when it, when it comes to it, I don't think anybody really knows what's, um, what's going to be. And I think we, we just have to get comfortable with not knowing and do the very best we can to deal with what's coming at us on a daily basis and which is, is changing on a daily basis. Absolutely. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. I know that that doesn't say anything really other than mirroring the exact uh, feeling of everybody on this call probably. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think as we go day to day, things change so fast. And in another 30 days, it will be very different. And 90 days, it'll be different. And six months, it continues to evolve. Uh, if anyone else has some thoughts or feedback or questions, please jump in. Hi, Hi. Hi everyone. Hi. Hi, this is Kate. I'm Kate Bransfield. Hi, how is everybody? Um, well. We're hanging in there. Good. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, because we, we all have listings kind of sitting on the sideline waiting to come on the market. And I want, I'm wondering how many of these people, these sellers are going to get in, impatient and just say, you know, let's just go ahead and list it because whatever compelling reason in their life still exists um, that they wanted to sell in the first place. And um, I, I, I just wonder if in a, a week or so that we're not going to see more inventory just because sellers are going to say enough already. Let's just get it on the market. I don't know. Yeah, there certainly will be some. I mean, some some sellers will have to sell or for, like you're saying, for whatever reason. We don't know for sure, but I figure some as this goes on, there should be more of that because you're right. We all have our spring inventory that we were expecting to bring on and we've paused. So has, has anybody out there had a property sell sight unseen? Great question. I have not. Has anyone, Dan, have you? No. And, and Is that Marquez, if you, Chris Marquez, you could give us a perspective because you've talked to a lot of different agents. You're an escrow guy. What, uh, what have you heard? I can't hear you. Can anyone hear him? Oh, there we go. Can you hear there me now? You are. Now we can hear you. Hey, good to see you, hey, man. Chris Thanks Marquez. for us, Danny. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, we actually did an escrow without, you know, without compromising anybody's uh, confidential information and, and details, whatnot. We saw a, pro a multi-million dollar property trade to a family in New York, sight unseen. I, I think, if I, if I recall, the sales price was in the mid fours, and they just, if, from what I understood from the the selling agent. The family just wanted to get out of Dodge and they came out here. And did they do an inspection? Do you know? Uh, the, the selling agent did the, ins did inspections. Okay. It was, I think it was a brand new, pro uh, brand new build house. Uh, it was, so uh, I think it was, it was in the, yeah, in the Chevy Hills area. And, uh, it was, uh, yeah, four and a half million. Yeah. I, I actually have an offer in on a condo right now, um, from, my my buyers are in Florida and they can't, you know, they don't want to fly out. They can't fly out. So um, I should find out today whether or not we got it. It's in multiples, but uh, they're, they're buying it sight unseen reluctantly, but, but they're doing it. Yeah. It's if you have a serious motivation, you may do that. Yeah. 
Uh, and we'll see it the longer this goes. People may lose patience and want to do more of that sight unseen. I mean, we, we'll see. These are all trends and new things, and it's the new normal. Yeah. Anyone else have anything they want to add before we sign off? Well, Danny, Danny just oh gosh, sorry, Danny. Just uh, in relation to that last comment, I think uh, one of the other things I've heard are international buyers, uh, given the the volatility with the FX. Uh, rates, uh, U.S. dollar uh, weakening versus some of the other major currencies. Uh, you're starting to see some international, big international uh, buyers uh, want to park their cash somewhere in the United States. And there were, I believe, two uh, big luxury purchases in New York uh, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard that they're looking, you know, uh, in California, New York, Florida. Those are the three main targeted states. Yeah. Well, we, we hope you're right. We hope they're looking to park money here in LA. We got, we got stuff to sell them, Lewis. <laughs> and that's always the case with, you know, the markets like LA and New York, you know, you, there's always a global audience. So that's one of the benefits of, of our market. And that's probably helped prop up some of our market, especially at the high end, as well as the interest rates and some of the other things, but we will see anyone else. Um, Jump in, guys. Just unmute yourself. And well, I, I, Danny, I have a two questions. Just being from Florida, kind of with the uh, environment out there on the West Coast, is what has been the, I guess, environment or the uh, anticipation from the agent standpoint? Because the in Florida, the first two weeks, everyone just shut down, and then once there was like our beaches open next Friday, so everyone's starting to plan on coming back, and everyone's starting to plan on you know, being out in the sun. So the agents have gone from this is the end of the world to optimistic. People have started, you know, planning their showings two, three weeks in advance to see inventory. So out in LA, have you seen a lot of the doom and gloom or a lot of the optimism with our industry from an agent standpoint? I think it depends. That's all individual based. I think some people are, Hey guys, I got three kids home. They're doing their own zoom schooling. Um, I think some agents are taking the time to make the most of this time, whatever that may be for them, whether it's working on their business, strategizing, getting in shape, family time. Uh, I think some people are very, um, I don't, I won't say optimistic. I think everyone's realistic, uh, you know, knowing that we're in a tough time. I, I got to imagine as well that there's plenty of agents that are shut down, doom and gloom, depressed, negative and, scared and you know that's just human nature uh, but our we're shut down here we can't we're sheltered we've been sheltered in place for over a month and you can't show any houses i guess there's some exceptions you can show an empty house but for the most part every, everyone's working from home we don't have people running around at, at venice beach i hope i hope they're not they're not supposed to be uh, i wish they weren't doing that in florida it doesn't seem like the smartest thing but then again in florida the spring breakers were partying like it was 1999 not that we months ago when we were all sheltering in place. So God only knows what's going on out there. But I, yeah. I think it's a mixed bag, Brian. I think it always is. Uh, I don't think anyone is like jumping for joy, optimistic. And then we know this is a tough, challenging time. Yeah. And that, that's, what's been interesting. I mean, obviously from Miami to Palm beach County is where majority of the cases are in Florida. Like where I'm at being more of a secluded part, you know, we have, 120 cases and two deaths and that's why i even use that word 
optimism is because a lot of agents think, well, I understand in big areas like New York, LA, Chicago, that, you know, it's a, it's a very different image than we're seeing here where, you know, besides, you know, obviously the beaches being closed, people are out walking, people are out, you know, enjoying their family time. So it's just a different side of this pandemic from where we are versus when I talk to someone, I talk to someone that's a big agent at Sotheby's in Chicago. And he's like, you know, I haven't left my house besides to get groceries in six weeks. Yeah. Most people haven't left their house except for taking walks, riding bikes. Um, if they have to go to the groceries or emergencies, you know, whatever the needs are essential needs. That's, that's, I think the majority of us, Adam, did you want to add something? Yeah. Hi everybody. Um, just Adam Jarrett, how are you? Good, Danny. Hey everybody. Uh, thanks for hosting this. I think everybody has been saying has been super informative and we should okay, probably try do this weekly because there's always updates that come out. Speaking of which, I just wanted to kind of share because, you know, we do a lot of new construction in the Palisades and I'm sure a lot of you do too, but reading this clear cooperation policy, just look over if you haven't and to understand because we were going through some marketing uh, meetings yesterday and trying to figure out how are we going to do this? You know, like you have these, you know, eight to $10 million listings coming up in their new construction. What do you do? It's like, you yeah. can't do much, but what you can do, and it is written in there, it says rentals and new construction are excluded from the clear cooperation policy. Right. That's new, good. new and remodeled single family homes are considered new construction. This criteria for a new construction property is that it should be at least 50% renovated Signage is allowed at the property and developer's website, but cannot be listed on a broker agent website. So <laughs> I'm just sharing that with you guys. Yeah, I know yeah, you do new construction too. Are there other like kind of workarounds or things you're sharing with your clients to be able to let them know? Because this is the new norm. We're going to have to explain like, they're going to be like, well, you know, go ahead, get it coming soon. Can't do that anymore. Um, let's, you know, put our heads together here in, in a, in a, you know, a uh, clear, concise way of what other ways to approach our clients to communicate with them to say, this is what we can do now. So I'm just. See, yeah, those, are, those are good points. I don't think anybody really knows. And I think that everybody's going to have their own personal take on workarounds and backdooring and literally following the, the book or bending the rules. That's just the way people are. I got to imagine as it goes, we're going to figure out, where the gray area is and what we can and can't do right now. We really have no clue. Karen, do you have any take on that? I know you've been diving into this topic a lot. With her um, yeah, we have, it. we have, and I was on a, a call last night with Kathy and she is trying to wade through all the clear cooperation policies, yeah. which differ in every region and in every yes. MLS within, um, what we do know is that CLAW is basically creating the equivalence of a private listing network, which won't be searchable by the public and won't be released you know, to Zillow, et cetera. Um, so it's going to be off-market listings just for the CLAW, which is the Westside LA MLS. Correct. So that may be an avenue for our clients that don't want things exposed on the internet because it's going to be the only way 
that you can legally under clear cooperation tell someone who works under a different broker about your property. Yeah, that's interesting when you think about it, because if it's in the MLS, that means it's every agent has access if you're on the CLAW. Right. It's a pocket listing for every agent in CLAW. So how many agents are in CLAW? I don't even know, thousands? Thousands, thousands. thousands. Yeah, so this is so strange. And, uh, you know, people like Karen and Kathy uh, at Compass, this is what they, what they've been doing and studying, and they know every detail for the last 30 years, and they don't know because the rules are changing every day and every minute, and then they're different from area to area, city to city. You know, it's typical, typical red tape bureaucratic type stuff. So we're not going to have any idea. If they don't know, and they're, this is what they're studying and reading, and they're talking, we're not going to know. I think we're all going to have to take our own approach and be careful in our own ways, and everyone's going to have to figure out their own workarounds and bend the rules where they feel comfortable. And like always in our business, you got to do what's comfortable for you and for your clients. And that, that never changes. And, you know, I'm sure some people will take the risk and go show a house, even if they're not supposed to. And other people won't even go and look to a vacant house. Uh, you know, every, everyone's different. And that's, that's exactly. always the way it is. Exactly. There is one thing I do know is that all the people who participate in calls like this are people who are willing to change, pivot, will survive and thrive as we get through this. That's why we all mastermind together. Yeah, good point. Thank you for, for mentioning that. Um, anyone else? Sarah, you have anything to say? I just saw your puppy for the first time. Look at Sarah's puppy. Hey, Danny, can I throw a quick question out there? Yeah, you? please. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good. Good. What are you seeing out there? What comments do you have? Well, I have a quick question for the group. And, and that is, is that when we remove the stay at home order and we go back to, let's say, business as usual, and I'm not too sure what that is, but in a conventional resale where the seller's not distressed, but just a regular listing, regular resale, when do we think this, those sellers will be comfortable and allowing prospective buyers and prospective selling agents into their house to, and <laughs> in, in, with the idea that those prospective people could bring illness into their homes. Yeah, well, that's a heck of a question. And you're right, some won't be comfortable for a long time. I mean, well, I and, and I look at my own life, right? I mean, if it's new construction, it's one thing, who cares? You know, there, you know, maybe they just wipe down the door handles out. Right. But it's a family typical right. like in your house if you wanted to move up you know when would your wife allow people into your house to view that house because it's maybe you want to just move up or you want to move across town or into a different school district or whatever the case may be at yeah. one point in time will the conventional seller that just wants to move for whatever reason now if let's say we remove the stay-at-home order june 1st is that reseller does that conventional seller do they allow that in August, September, October. What does the group think? Right. I think it's going to be case by case, right? The individual seller, what are they comfortable with? Some people may be comfortable right away if they're that motivated. And some people may not be comfortable for, I don't know, six months, a year. Who knows? Uh, but I think overall, the bulk, your point is the bulk of most logical, uh, right-minded sellers that don't have to sell, I got to think that they are going to pause. I got to mad. I know I would. I wouldn't want to take that risk right now. Uh, I, I think until the end of the year, we're going to have need to sellers, not want to sellers. I think that's 
That's right. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, that, that's what my thought would be. If they have to for some reason, whether it's financial right. stress. So if you follow that, if you follow that, and I think a lot of us think that, and you follow it, it's a have to be seller, and it's at some point they have to sell. If you have aggressive buyers, you know, you're going to see some, you would think you'll see some price pressure down, some comps start to, tr- to trace and track down, which will then start the you know, the price, the pricing issue, because if you don't have to sell and you're not willing to sell at below the peak prices, you won't. And only those will that have to, and that will be the new comps for us. And anyone that wants to sell will have to, uh, have to be mindful and deal with the reality of new comps. So I think that is what's coming. I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, no one knows what sure. The only other thing that would open up the market would be such an amount of mass testing that people would feel comfortable and i think in that case then we would see the p being changed to say provide us your testing you know did you have a serological <laughs> test are you approval and let me see your corona test <laughs> yeah but i mean that's, that's, that's proof of corona <laughs> but assuming that there's no outbreak and assuming that there's a release let's say relatively soon then you're basically saying we may not see a, re- a return to normalcy till spring. Would that yeah. be assessment? It could be. I mean, who knows? And, even, right, as exactly. an, and even as an agent, uh, you know, I don't know. Am I going to be comfortable if my if I have a seller that wants to show their house and is like, hey, I need it? I don't know that I'm going to be comfortable. So that's going to put an interesting strain on the agent seller or buyer relationship too. We all have to have our own comfort level of what we're willing to do thank you so the hot commodity will be videographers who can prove that they either have immunity or a clean corona test that are going to be able to do spectacular videos for virtual showings i guess so but as we know we've we've had that we've had that virtual technology for a couple of years and it's very rare where a seller or a buyer makes a sight unseen decision, even with great video, but maybe that will change. Maybe they'll have to change with the times. Anyone else have anything they want to add? I really appreciate your feedback and people joining. Hey, Danny, how you doing? It's Stephanie from Hey, Pittsburgh. Stephanie Wolf. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you? Very I wasn't good. Sure if, I wasn't sure if you guys wanted numbers from, you know, current escrows. Um, you know, we have 14 branches from Chula Vista to Encino, so we have a pretty good um, large footprint. Sure. And I can tell you, across the board, openings are down 50% in April. And I'll echo what Matt Granger said, closings are probably going to be down 20%. Cancellations are not as dire as one might think. Um, those are at about 20% holding steady. We are seeing lots of folks get comfortable you know, working within the confines of this new environment. We are seeing new escrows open. Um, we are having some lender issues, but, you know, they're coming up with solutions so that we're able to close. So, you know, there are some positives in this. And I don't know if any of you have heard Dr. Yoon speak. He's the um, chief economist for NAR. Oh, Lord, it, Yoon. He, he had an interesting point where he said, you know, folks trapped in their homes for five, six, seven, eight weeks if they were already on the fence of not liking them, you can imagine at the end of this, they're going to want to get out. So I thought that was an interesting point. 
Yeah, that's a very good point that, I, that I've I've heard many people echo in my business, in our business, that this has been like a big PR uh, campaign for your home and how, how much you either love your home or don't love your home. So there'll be some motivations, uh, different motivations of people that want to make moves for whatever reason. And then we'll, we'll see it. There's so many different various conflicting uh, themes happening at once. So God only knows what's going to happen here. But we'll see soon enough. I mean, I'd love to do this call again. Uh, I was planning on doing it every 30 days, but maybe soon we should do it more. I'm hearing people are saying they want to do it more, but we'll, we'll see. Because in certainly another month, we're going to have a very a different picture than we have now. And then every 30 days, there's going to be different stats that will have some real data to, to look at. But I uh, hope you guys are all safe. That's the most important thing. Make the most of the time. We're never going to have something like this again. So we've got to make the best of it and come out of this better individually. And uh, that's, that's, that's the, the thesis that I feel like everyone should be holding on to. Let's make the most of this and whatever that means for you, do it. But I appreciate you guys joining. It was awesome. And, you know, I'll, I'll think about when we could do it again, whether it's next week or in the next couple of weeks. But I appreciate it, guys. Everyone be safe. Thank you for joining. Life for the next one. Watch me, I'ma be the best of